Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to another episode of Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I'm your Keyforge friend, and I'm joined this week by my constant Keyforge friend, the glorious SC Steel. What's going on, Sydney? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for the holidays and all this Keyforge, and I just, everything's awesome. Yes, agreed. And um, for those of you who are listening to this, I hope you had a good holiday if you were celebrating of any kind. We are recording right before the holidays. And um, today we're just going to talk about some IRL Keyforge, basically, for the most part, because uh, I had the privilege of hosting a tournament in my local scene with some prize support from Ghost Galaxy. And um, I know Sydney also did something similar. So we're going to kind of just go into that today and, and give some impressions on some interesting things that we did. But first, we got a little bit of news. Uh, Sydney, if you want to first address that for everyone. Absolutely. So Ghost Galaxy gifted everyone an extension of the Pledge Manager. So now the Pledge Manager is open until January 6th. So if you weren't able to get on that and fill in all of your requirements for all of the things that you got to customize, you can do that still. And um, just for those of you who may not know, there are two different places you need to fill things out if you got customized decks. They have a link on their website, keyforging.com, is where you actually submit the names for the decks. So if you have things like custom deck colors or um, stuff like that, you can do all of that in the pledge manager. But the custom names is a, a different link on their website. And then in addition to that, you have to manually add all of the stretch goals that they achieved during the campaign that you're eligible for. So you you have to add those before you check out. So if any, if you do any of that wrong, don't worry. Jeremy's been really responsive to everybody who has and been able to fix people up with uh, the right result. But um, just for peace of mind, there are a couple extra steps you can take to get it right the first time. Perfect. Housekeeping out of the way. Now uh, let's get into this week's episode. So basically last week I hosted for my local scene was kind of like the first return since Ghost Galaxy took over Keyforge event for us. And we had 12 people come out, which was great, a nice, nice even number. We held it at Magic Stronghold, which has been the place that you pretty much all know about because that's where the deck deals came from. So I've obviously developed a good relationship with them. And so I basically ran a tournament there and I'm, I'm like a pseudo employee there basically at this point, but <laughs> I ran a tournament there with some great prize support. We had some people donate a couple mats as well, which was awesome. Uh, we had some new players out who one I'd never met before and, but it's wow. been in the dis discord shout out to tack. And then we had Ben join us who'd been out to one thing before and kind of came in the coda era and then returned now with this new event. So what we decided to do was try out the new format. So we played Alliance Sealed and then Alliance Archon. And the Alliance Sealed, we used Worlds Collide because I knew the store had a bunch. We were able to get a good deal on two decks plus tournament fees and all that. It was it was really, really nice of the store to, to give us that price point. And I, I personally think that Worlds Collide provides the greatest opportunity for Alliance and the nature of it, where if you get something that feels kind of bad, you can swap something out, i.e. Brobnar, <laughs> Brobnar, which is a thing of the past, yes. Brobnar of 
of not wanting is a thing of the past, as Joe <laughs> so eloquently uh, let us know through his uh, tale last episode <laughs> and his his uh, quote unquote misplay <laughs> from from having the bias towards them. Not even so looking this, at Brabnar. Yeah, that that was a funny story. When I heard that, I I, I laughed pretty good. Good job, Joe. Um, so basically. This tournament went really well. We had a great number of people. We we found that deck building being 30 minutes was maybe a little excessive with just two decks. Um, sure. I don't know if you took that full time. Like we needed 15, really. That was the truth. 15 so, was like the right amount. At the event, they I think they also had half an hour, but I think the only reason that it was an issue at the event is because that that staggered the Archon, um, the Archon's, uh, sealed and the uh, Alliance sealed so that they weren't playing at the same times. But other than that, I think most people actually took a lot of their time because the cards were new and you right. didn't have that because you knew what you were looking at. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, so we all finished. Everyone did different things. We were, there was um, some sleeving issues where people were, were like, oh no, my sleeves aren't as opaque as I thought they were now that I can actually, you know, like when you put them in and there's a, dis- totally. a difference which is not normally a thing. So that was, that was an issue. So um, yeah, people were scrambling, but um, it was, it was really fun um, experience to go through, uh, especially for myself. So wait, you mentioned at the beginning that you had a, uh, an Alliance event. Did you also have a standard event? No, cause there's just sealed. 12 of us. We, so we played sealed Alliance and then we gotcha. played Archon Alliance. We did them back to back. So we basically did the first one, 45 minute rounds as per usual. And then oh. we did a 30 minute break. And then we did three rounds of Alliance Archon just because it was getting late and people had places to go. And this was the way to keep the most amount of people playing still, i.e. everyone. If not, we would have dropped numbers. So Totally. So you also mentioned like you were talking about how Worlds Collide was like what you got a great deal on, but were, did you like consider any other sets or was that like the one you were going and wanting and it worked out really well? Uh, that's the one I always wanted to try with, but it was also a matter of, I, I knew the store's product just because I'd been aware of like what they got mass amounts in. So, and I knew it was kind of (laughs) left over. So yeah, so I knew that was going to be the best chance. And I thought it, but I also think it's the most interesting opportunity. I mean, mass mutations obviously also provides really interesting decisions because of the enhancements, but it was more of. Like I knew this was going to be not overly expensive as a result of what it was and provide an interesting way of utilizing a set that has that the greatest swing where you could have that one house that's just absolute dog's breakfast and then the other two are the bee's knees. So um, I just dog's wanted breakfast. to- Bee's yeah, knees and dog's, dog's breakfast. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that was kind of the, the thought process. So yes, I did specifically choose Worlds Collide because of the fact that it had the most interesting houses, so to speak, in terms of one could be really bad and you could have a feel-bad deck, and then others could be really good, but that one house is bringing the whole thing down and you could then swap it out for something else. I I really like the the potential of that. Absolutely. I definitely see that in Worlds Collide, and not just because of Brobnar, but also because the way that things comboed in Worlds Collide with like Star Alliance having a lot of like cross-house comboing, like finding mm-hmm. the right houses to go with a Star Alliance deck or with uh, Sorian having a lot of like targeted 
things like targeted removal and otherwise just um, like needing beefy bodies to succeed and, and lots of, of um, exalting. So I, I really like the idea of using it for Worlds Collide. And I like the idea in general of doing alliance with previous sets because that, that isn't things, that isn't what like was originally considered especially sealed because going mm -hmm. in and getting um being familiar with the sets is not something i'd also thought about before like knowing that the like ease on my brain because i know all the cards from the previous sets makes it feel like the the alliance the putting the decks together part of it would be a lot more fun yeah it, it really was it was it was a good experience and i know everyone really enjoyed it so why don't you tell us about the deck the decks that you got Okay, so I got two decks. One was a Logos Saurian Shadows, and the other one was a Brobnar Untamed Dis. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's what you it was. You yes. can't see the face that I'm making, but that yeah. that sounds like that sounds very worlds collide to me <laughs> yeah and it was um it was very worlds collide yeah so the 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 one great thing well i don't know if it's a great thing but the one thing was the the untamed had a key charge and i think it was five more wolves four or five Oof. more wolves so not ideal but also not like not great and the the dis was like interesting like it had an ee so that was like kind of something to consider and mm -hmm. and some things like that. But the the Brobnar was was like there was no NARP, but there was a mega <laughs> mega ganger chieftain. Like the, the Brobnar honestly wasn't terrible, but it wasn't oh like God. exciting either. It was just like it was very vanilla Brobnar that you expect. Like there wasn't any of the things that make you oh no, there was. There was a little rapskull, which for me is like straight up like I'm not playing the deck of little rapskulls <laughs> and I, I despise that card. I like how like the, then, the best thing you can say about it, like your opening is there was no NARP. <laughs> yeah. And someone actually did specifically choose a Brobnar deck in, in there and I played against them and it was, I think, my toughest match because it had the the not the grump buggy, what are they? The Grumpus. War oh, Grumpus yeah. with some ganger chieftain. So there were some cool combos and it had a lot of creatures. Nice. So um, Josh used this deck to great effect. And his Brobnar was, I think, one of the strongest points of the way he played the deck. And he very thoughtfully put it into the deck with great consideration for board presence. And I thought it was a very intelligent way of of utilizing Brobnar with consideration for like the meta and the way people play now with a very strong board. And sure. uh, I, I appreciated his consideration because I straight up asked him like, what made you choose your Brobnar after the game? Because <laughs> most people, I don't think I ran across anyone else playing Brobnar unless they had literally two Brobnars. So they had no choice. Yeah. Now the other deck, which is the one that was more exciting to go through was a Logo Saurian Shadows that had right off the top, the Logos, Triple Edai with a daughter, two Titan Guardians, with an Anomaly Exploiter and a Seismo Entangler. And to be honest, the Anomaly Amazing. Exploiter and Seismo Entangler put in so much work. I believe it. Then, That's like an incredible logo suite in general. And like not to mention Wild Wormhole, which one of my faves, yeah. but in general, that's just like a beautiful, fast set in logos. It worked really well. Tons of creatures. Like there's, there's only um, three cards that weren't creatures. So... Wow. That was pretty nice. A little nine card logo suite there. 
And then on the Saurian side, that's where some of the removal and stuff came. It had a double phalanx strike, a stomp, Axiom of Grisk, and then it had a Chant of Hubris, which worked really well. And the stomp and phalanx strikes actually were really important because it also had two pterodactyls, which kind of scared my opponents because I noticed they were really trying to deal with them because of the splash that could happen with boards. But the thing that really did this deck justice was having a Primus Unguis. Because the things really? like Stomp and the double Phalanx Strike means that I could go for the Exalt and then boost all my creatures. And I never had to actually use Primus itself. So I could play it, then boost all my creatures, and then do things. And so with provided your things like, like if you have that on him, yeah, then you're able exactly. to protect him from the Amber. That's exactly right. So it made things... The only downside was um, I had to be careful when I went into Shadows because there was a Bren. So I started making my Bren too big. <laughs> That became problematic. But the nice thing is there's like a Hawk in, in the Shadow Suite. There's Incredible. two Pestering Blows and a Hit and Run. So the Pestering Blows and the Hit and Run mean I could play Brand and pop it on the same turn. Wow. Which was really helpful. And then with the E-Dies, I could like archive my pieces to kind of save up for that. That's kind of what I did is I used the E-Dies to save up to do Shadows. Because Shadows, I was really just kind of playing here and there to keep me going. And the rigged lottery worked really well. Not a lot of people had shadows, so I was just getting through my deck faster. Just felt bad when some Eddies went in there. But aside from that, um, the deck just played very, very well. Like, it just hummed. The, uh, the odd thing was, was the hit and runs. I had to be very strategic with my sequencing because I didn't actually want to put anything back in my hand. So I'd have sure, to choose yeah. something that I just played and pull it back, like a Simon, which I didn't care about, or the the bad penny before I discarded it, essentially. Yeah, it feels like you wouldn't have had an empty board to play that during at any point in time. No, and and the other great thing was it had a ring of invisibility, which was just the perfect target for my Thero Centurion to give it skirmish and elusive, so then I could just fight in and capture and laugh. So you've been kind of like hinting at this the whole time, or the way you're talking is very much, this deck is awesome and this deck isn't awesome. So how did you end up alliancing these decks? So I ended up just playing a deck as is. That's what happened. So the deck we were just talking about, Oswald, Wary, Marina, Blaze Fighter, great name. Great um, name. Was the one I went with. I was I was looking to try and utilize my other deck, but but I realized it was more that there were some things I was interested in, especially in like a key charge with the more wolves, just for the fact that I could suddenly be able to win the game potentially with a burst. But it was what I would remove in response. So I thought about removing the Saurian, but then I realized sure. that's where all my removal was. Not only that, but the deck has 12 Ember Pips, and six of them are in Saurian. So that basically eliminated that idea. And right. then the Shadows had a lot of the control in terms of Ember and stuff. So and it Hawk. just became that, yeah, I, I couldn't remove anything to add it. So that's what made me decide not to add anything. And I literally, that's why I spent most of my time going... <laughs> What do I know? Uh, this uh, I, this I can't remove anything. Like it doesn't make sense. This deck is good, so I felt this obligation to change it up, and then I realized that would have been a mistake. So totally, I just played the deck as is, which worked out really well because then I didn't have to sleeve my deck, and someone else needed sleeve, so it worked out very well. So I just played my deck naked. This like oh, that's fantastic. Deck. That's that's kind of sad, but fantastic. So did did you um or did you allow slash did anyone like consider swapping out houses throughout the event? No one talked about it, so I don't think anyone did. I, I feel like people were pretty clear on their decision of what they wanted to do. That makes um, sense. But I don't know 
if some people might have, but it's, yeah, it's one of those things sometimes, you know, the more you play deck and get familiar, sometimes doing that variable might not be the best idea. Do you, did you hear about people or you yourself switching anything out as you played? No, there was absolutely no, well, okay, so I, I bet people did, but um, the only things I heard people switching out with at KFC were the uh, the tokens, because you could pick a token oh. from uh, either house as long as, no, the the house did not have to be one of the three that you played. So, but I did hear of that people like were using one token and because that shifts the whole feel of the game you're playing, because if you create tokens, that's what you're going to be creating on the board. I can totally understand switching that out. Um, I didn't hear of many people or any actually switching out whole houses, um, but I, I feel like that would be something that would, it would kind of make me feel a little bit of like, regret you know like if this didn't really work out this one game and i i would feel like why didn't i pick this other house this the the whole time but um it looks like you you did the right analysis this tech is amazing yeah it's it's really fun and the the other thing i think would would make more sense is i think the only way people would really consider changing houses potentially is if you were playing in a best of three. So like in games where sideboards exist, it's you're swapping mm -hmm. in as answers to what happened. So the fact that we only ever play best of one means that you will never actually use your other houses like a sideboard, which I think is kind of the the way it's been spoken about. So I would like to see Sealed become a best. I would like to see Keyforge in general be a best of three because it is so swingy and RNG, but I can also understand how that's not very possible due to game length and things like that. But I think it would be really fun to have that aspect where you could basically tech in what you need in terms mm -hmm. of a whole house and just play. And then your opponent's kind of like, whoa, I don't recognize that. Like, I think it would right. be such an interesting way of playing. You know, it's kind of cool. I've learned a, a lot from you talking about having played this at the store level because it's it's not like a a crazy official high level event. So there's like a handful of things that never even crossed my mind before. Like one is you saying that you didn't sleeve it because you picked just one deck and it's like that's you can do that. You know, you can do that yeah. at a store level. And all historically, like all of my store level seals have just been pick like buy one deck, play that one deck. And uh, cause the stakes are lower. People don't want to pay a lot of money for like casual each week. And so realizing that like, because at a, a high level event, you're going to get multiple decks for sealed or well, not anymore, I guess, but you, you <laughs> would previously get multiple decks and you could pick the one that you wanted to play. You playing Alliance at your locals gave you a great deck, but there was only like a 50% chance had your locals played sealed and you only got one deck. There was only a 50% chance you would have gotten this one. You could have gotten yeah. just the other one. So even in being able to like sealed, being able to pick the deck that you're going to play, whether you mash them together or not, is still more agency that you get at the local store level than you have in the past. Yeah, it's true. And one funny thing is, so because we had 12 players and we needed exactly 24 decks, which was two displays. And because it was Worlds Collide, I basically gave a deck from each display, not taking two from the same one. Because nice. of the fact that, you know, there was that one, that thing that happened where one display was full of one house potentially. So right. I did one from each. So there was no way people had two decks that had potentially an overlapping house as a result. That's awesome. Or less That's chance, so cool. I guess. Yeah. Was there a lot of communication? Yeah, so, like when, 
when people were sitting next to each other, were they like chatting with each other about like the kinds of things they would put in or was it more like chill camaraderie, enjoying the experience or was it It was, yeah, because it was very chill camaraderie because we're we're a pretty tight-knit group and a lot of us hadn't seen each other in a long, long time. Like this was some players like hadn't been out for a year basically. So this was like a really coming together of people who hadn't seen each other in a while. It was, it was really nice. Like, especially before Christmas to get all friends together, Keyforge friends locally. It was, it was really great. Like I, I really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good day. You basically like described my dream local Alliance event, like down to the detail of you playing a single deck, like literally everything (laughs) about your experience feels like you're making me want to do Alliance at my local. It's fun. It's, it's honestly a really good way to play the game. It adds a more interesting thing and hopefully you can get more new players. And we just had the excitement that most people, because you know, Daniel, you met him when you were down there he was there as well so he'd actually experienced this all before which was great oh, awesome. because we had someone who knew the official rules having gone through them which was really helpful but he was the only really one helpful. there and then he brought his unchained decks with them so that people could play in between rounds and stuff like that so yeah he brought all his stuff from kfc so anyone could experience the stuff that he got to so it was it was really a fun little like celebration event for us and oh my it was gosh. great that's fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of, that's that's the event that uh, I threw when um, I think it was like two Saturdays ago at this point. Basically, I brought all of my um, Winds of Exchange and all of my Unchained. We uh, opened some of the Winds of Exchange and, and sleeved them so that like people who came could come and play Winds of Exchange if they wanted to. And we had we had a handful of people show up. So I think it was Oh, the the over the course of the whole event, there were nine people. Um, but most of the time, there 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 were eight. And um, uh, Dan from Archon's Corner actually brought his kid, and that was like the most amazing to me. Um, but we really got to to pass the love around, you know, because the way that it worked, we did it the exact same way that the Unchained event happened at KFC. So everyone who showed up got entered into the um, attendance pool for for. Um, mm-hmm the lottery to to win a deck and then we every time you won a game or every time a game ended the winner would be put in the winner's pool and the loser would be put in the loser's pool and it was kind of funny because like statistically it worked out exactly as you would expect the person who won the most times his name got pulled from the uh the winner's uh pool and hilariously enough it was dan's kid um, and then the person who lost the most got his name pulled from the loser's pool. And like to cherry on top of the like ironies of how we set up this event is the person who showed up later, our ninth, was the person who was pulled from the attendance pool because everyone was entered once into that. And so oh, wow. it was just really nice that like it proved out that like this casual event where we were just like won a game it was like a mixer it was a keyboard mixer basically yeah exactly like we would chat for like 15 20 minutes until somebody else finished their game and we could like swap opponents you know and it was just so chill so casual everybody loved playing winds of exchange and some people like people played unchained like they picked some of our unchained decks i actually so somebody brought one of their best decks that they owned previous to now and and they wanted to play that and so i picked an unchained deck to play against them so i've played unchained against what somebody considered their best deck and it was a lot of fun it was actually a pretty close game i did end up i think i ended up pulling that one out but uh it, it wasn't a surefire win and it was a crazy unchained deck too so it was just a really nice experience and everybody went home happy Oh, that's amazing. I mean, that's all you want. Everyone goes home happy. 
Totally. Exactly. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, so with our event, I'll, well, should we go into the second thing? So good news for me is I managed to take down this event and I was the only person who played a single deck. Oh my gosh. And I went four and oh, and it was, it was wild. And the deck was like pretty comfortable because the, the nonstop Edis and the, the, Titan Guardians getting to draw and stuff was was pretty pretty good. Not only the taunt as well, like the, it was more the taunt than the draw. But my opponents needed to get to the creatures on either side, so I was getting those going off quite frequently. And yeah, I managed to to pull off the event, which was it's always feels weird when you win an event because especially if you're hosting it. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that this was this was totally random. And it was a lot of fun and the prizing worked really well. Like there was enough stuff that like my prize was a deck box, which was what it, what I wanted to, I guess, have as the main prizes. We had two deck boxes. So it was the winner got one of the two deck boxes. This was a Ghost Galaxy provided deck box, right? Yes, correct. And it's nice. a really nice Game Genic one. Um, I'm actually a really big fan of all the Game Genic products, even outside of the Keyforge branded stuff. I think they're just really well made. Totally. And so, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And then from there, we went into the Alliance standard. And I was hoping that people weren't going to try and make degenerate builds. And I proved right for the most part. Most people kind of were like, didn't actually prepare for the Alliance <laughs> um, standard. And they're just like, well, this is my best deck. And I didn't like this house in it. So I just took it out and put this in instead. Like that was Perfect. a lot of what it was. That's what and it should for myself, be. I love it. Yeah, exactly. It's just the way, just do it that way. And the deck I built was a, and I didn't know something going into this, was a triple Kirby with a blaster. And I didn't realize there was the the new update that you can't move blasters between the same oh, creature. Mm-hmm. And I was super bummed out. And I may actually remove it. I mean, it was a really good Star Alliance house. had tons of creatures. And they were really good creatures. And then I, I just did a good logo suite with a lot of actions to go along with the Kirby's. And they nice. were obviously the standard Logos ones. And then this was my favorite part of it is I had a Triumph, Double Shrix, Imperial Forge as my suite for my last house of Amazing. And my goal throughout the game, the day was not to win necessarily, but to pull, that but off. To pull off a double forge on one turn, like oh literally go God. Triumph into the Imperial Forge. And Amazing. I did it on my very ah! last game. I didn't I didn't win the tournament. I came like six or something. <laughs> but it was like that was my goal to pull it off. And I finally did it on the last game. And it was amazing. It was such a good feeling to forge two keys in one turn and one of them you didn't spend any ember. Uh it was totally. just it was a blast. But yeah, it was it was really fun. And um shout out to Scott, our local player. He actually made it into the finals of both like tourneys like he did the steel alliance he made it to the end against me and then in this one he made it to the end but actually won this tournament that's awesome that's fantastic did you guys stick to the or did you like have the restrict restricted card rules yes we we let people know but i I don't think it was a problem no one was really building anything to generate like that anyways i think people just chose good decks no one really tried to go for like the quote-unquote meta of you know going crazy but i think it, it proved because um jason won with a non-meta deck as well right he chose something nice. that was just well tooled isn't that correct for yeah yep exactly yeah so i think that proves that you don't necessarily have to go that route 
And I, I really appreciated that he went off that merit of just constructing something that was well thought out rather than trying to do something that was, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but you know what I mean. Right, right. Like, <laughs> like a very getting specific to, getting combo. To the, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's so really I, cool. I, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was honestly a great day of Keyforge. We played for uh, six and a half hours of Keyforge. Wow. So it was a good local day. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember at my event, um, at one point, like Chris and I had to leave because we had to go relieve our babysitters, but like people were stayed to play. Cause like some people like Dan and his kid drove all the way down from Wisconsin. We had people driving up from Chicago. So people came out to play and so they just stayed to play. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And it was like, I felt really cool about that because it started like as a casual thing. So like the fact that Chris and I were leaving, the hosts of the event were leaving, like it didn't stop the casual play. Like that's just the atmosphere that we set up at the beginning. And so that's just what continued on throughout the day. So the, uh, I, the game store owner, Tim, he said like, you guys can play until we close. Like we're not kicking you out. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's, that's honestly so great to hear. And that's, that's what we want to have is getting the the love for the game and the desire to come out and just jam some decks is, is what we need to get back to doing. So it's, it's awesome that that has started to happen again, Absolutely. which is, is really nice. All right, so we cannot end an episode without our titular segment. And this, of course, is called Help from Future Self. Self. So, Sydney, I have one from my travels, and I think this one is not going to be that in-depth, but it's don't be afraid to just use a deck as is. Like, that's what I literally (laughs) learned. Like, I, I was trying so hard to force utilizing the alliance aspect and at the end of the day the deck was just good as is and i just played it and had a blast because keyforge is keyforge whether you switch the decks or not or the houses or not like it's still it's still going to be keyforge so don't feel the need to necessarily swap anything if you like how it is because i think there is that little bit of pressure or the credence that you want to be doing this and if you're not you're maybe not doing the most optimal thing turns out that's not true sometimes you can have a truly (laughs) trash deck and the, you know that brings layers to it too, because the fact that you could just end up playing a one whole deck isn't something that they they probably ever considered. Like, oh, a Keyforge could always have been this way, and you you will have played one whole deck. But being able to mix the houses allows you for like more more complicated fun. But if that isn't what you want to play, whether it's the best or not, you can just go in thinking that way. I love it. Yeah, and that's what it is. So don't be afraid to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just take it as is. Don't sleeve it. Let everyone know that you are, you are just here and out there. Like it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's don't a lot of fun. Sleeve it. <laughs> I don't know if we want to give that advice. <laughs> I never sleeve my sealed decks, no matter what. It has to earn the sleeves. Oh my gosh! So we have That's like hundreds of penny sleeves, and we just, we just, we just hurting, hurting a card. It hurts my soul. So you know, everything in this house that we've ever opened is penny sleeved. Yeah, no, I I stand firmly by the deck has to earn the sleeves. Or else I'm just going to spend more time sleeving and unsleeving, and that just seems like a waste of time. That's true. Nobody got time for that, Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. And um, you can get at us on our Discord. It is very lively. There's great discussions going on there. There is a link in the show notes to join our Discord if you are not already a part of us. And of course, let us know what you thought about this episode and your thoughts if you've played some Alliance in some form. And Sydney, if people wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way? They can hit me up 
uh, on Discord as SC Steel or play me on TCO as SC Steel. Perfect. And you can hit me on Discord as Boulevard Blake number sign 3840. That's B L V D Blake number sign 3840. And then, of course, my YouTube. Boulevard Blake is another way to see content by me. I took a break this past week just with the holiday chaos and, oh, so much things going on. But I'm hoping (laughs) this week to get a couple uh, videos out because I do have some things to talk about. Cool. And of course, folks, uh, we will see you next week. And until then, stay forging. (laughs) 